Hello and welcome to the first NCETM podcast of the new school year 2019-20. I'm Gwen Trezider from the NCETM communications team. For the past year, the secondary team at NCETM, collaborating with the Maths Hub Network, have been writing and putting together a very detailed set of mastery professional development materials. The intention of these is to provide something to help teachers to design and plan lessons and schemes of work in a way that will enable all students to master mathematical concepts. So I'm here today with three of the authors of those materials. They are Carol Knights, the NCETM secondary director, who has overseen the production of the materials. Hello, Carol. Good morning, Gwen. Pete Griffin. NCTM's assistant director, also on the secondary team. Hi, Pete. Morning, Gwen. And Steve Lomax, who is the Maths Hub lead for the Glow Maths Hub, who has also been involved in writing the materials. Hi, Steve. Hi, Gwen. Right, okay, let's start off. Um, I think the first thing we need to get clear is what we mean by teaching for mastery. It's a phrase that's out there, lots of people saying different things about it, so let's be clear what we mean about teaching for mastery at NCTM and the sort of umbrella that these materials are written under. Do you want to start with that, Pete? Yes, so um, often means different things to different people. We want to be very clear uh, in our materials and our, probably the best thing to do is just, just read you a little bit out of the, um, the introduction to the materials. Um, so we take the view, teaching for mastery is teaching that aims for deep and sustainable learning. Learning that's connected. One of the things that we find over and over again is that the thing that kids find difficult is they're trying to remember too many different things. They don't see things as connected. So teaching for mastery is teaching that helps kids connect ideas together. And that means they get a deep understanding which lasts, it's embedded, and they really, really understand it. That's so this sounds, this sounds very like what good teachers have been trying to do for years. So why are we hearing that this is a new thing? Is it a new thing? Um, things come and go in maths education. And one of the things that I think we have to keep trying to do is find fresh and innovative ways of keep getting back to the age-old idea that kids, students, need to understand things deeply. Now, we've got some things in our framework for teaching for mastery that might seem new. Variation, for example, new word. Um, its purpose is to help students to focus in on the really important idea and understand it deeply, rather than just follow recipes and follow procedures. So there are some new terms, but they're, they're, they're helping us all to keep focused on students understanding things really deeply and that's been a name for us as teachers forever <laughs> okay okay uh, can i add yeah go on, I, Steve, I think yeah. Just, i think that last bit that pete just said is really important because that's a classic thing is it? isn't this just good teaching well if it if that if you define that as i've been teaching for understanding i want the, the student to make uh, understanding that they can connect with new ideas then then yes but I'm not convinced previously everybody because of the pressures of curriculum coverage or perceived pressures that people have not taught for understanding and that's where you get the rules that Pete was talking about and the tricks which actually then leads to the wheels coming off further down the line. So I think that's what's, that's what's new for me, a new conversation, a new spotlight. Mm. That's what Teaching okay. for Mastery has done for the profession. I think when I look at these materials, you know, I, I always was very committed to teaching for deep understanding. I'm not always sure I knew how to do it. Mm. And I think as a classroom teacher, I would find these materials yeah. invaluable in helping me to do that. 
Anyway, let's talk about uh, what the story is behind these materials. How did they come to be written? Carol, do you want to, do you want to help us there? Yeah. So we have a Mastery Specialist programme. Um, so we have a, a cohort one and a cohort two and now a cohort three and four. Uh, and we talk about the five big ideas of, of teaching for mastery, the same as in primary. So the variation, mathematical thinking, representations, fluency uh, and coherence. And the, the specialists really sort of latched onto these ideas and they, they really liked what we were doing in the sessions with them but they felt they needed some more guidance so they, they, they don't want to be completely resourced but they did want some ideas about how they might take these things into the classroom. Sorry Carol, can I stop you? So these yes. mastery specialists, they are classroom teachers who are coming on our mastery specialist programme that's run by the maths subs and the NCTM, yeah. Yes, that's okay. it, Gwen, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that one. Okay. Yeah. So, so they wanted some, some more materials to help them do what you were helping them do. Some exemplification of, of okay. what we're talking about, so different ways that you might, you might um, use variation, different ways that things might be broken down, different ways of using representations. So, for instance, uh, you may, they may hear about Cuisinair rods or, or algebra tiles but, and have some ideas about how to use them, but, but not necessarily be confident that they understand all the different ways that you might use them. So these materials are designed to give some people some ideas about how you put these five big ideas into practice in the classroom. The other bit of their work is once they've, once they've worked on their own classroom practice and on their department's um, practice, then they start to work with teachers from other schools. And it's at that point when they start working with others that they felt they needed some materials, some things to share with them, some things to work from. Mm. Um, so it's really important to realise that these are PD materials. They're not designed as classroom materials, but the intention is that people will look at them and then think about how they might break other things down. We'll talk about that a bit later, I think. Mm. OK. Mm. And PD standing for professional development. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Can I uh, add a little bit? Yeah, go for it, Pete. Yeah. Um, one of the things that came through early on in our discussions with the specialists on, on the residentials is this tricky balance between, within a lesson, not trying to conflate too many ideas together, confusing kids with things, have a kind of central point, some clear, manageable steps that went through a lesson, but not to go down the route of making those so separate little steps that the curriculum was just atomised and, and that students didn't get the connectedness that we, we talked about earlier. So we wanted, to, we wanted to produce some materials, as Carol said, to help those specialists work with other teachers um, that get that balance right between overarching themes, connectedness across big mathematical ideas and specific clear, manageable steps that help kids um, to focus on the important thing within lessons and we try to get that balance between connections and specific elements. Okay, thank you. Um, Steve, can you talk about uh, how the materials are designed to be used by teachers? Yeah, sure. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's important what Pete's just talked about then, Carol, that these are, that they're PD materials, professional development materials, they're not a script, therefore. It, it, see it as a teacher handbook, maybe. Uh, a handbook which is a, a collection of support for subject knowledge, maybe. I may be a non-specialist, I may be new to, to year eight. Um, but a collection of also to support subject-specific pedagogy. And I guess that links to the big ideas of teaching for mastery. So th that, I think that's the most important thing, first of all, that they're designed to do that job, um, to support conversations, conversations within your department, conversations with other colleagues from other schools, as is in the case of the specialists, 
but I can also use them on, a, on my own, actually, as a teacher. I could look at this, and it just helps me think about this topic I'll be teaching. So multi-layered, um, the materials have been designed uh, for their use. What do they offer? Number one, before we get into the actual detail of, of, of the, the, the big ideas and so on, just the, the curriculum map, just having a real sense of, of the overarching themes, the big ideas for Key Stage 3 mathematics. That, that's the first one for me. I've, what, what's happened previously in Key Stage 2? What do I just need to check uh, how secure the understanding is of Key Stage 2 concepts? Um, I, I do see lots of examples where you, know, you see Year 7 students working on things that, that they actually do understand. So, so actually my job as a Key Stage 3 teacher is to, to move that learning on and make the connections that Pete was talking about. So overarching themes, big ideas, I'm really clear what, what the curriculum is I'm aiming to, to teach and I want the students to learn about. I guess the second element is, is then, uh, as we've touched on there, the pedagogy side of it. Um, you'll notice in the materials there's icons unpicking different elements of teaching for mastery. So there's a V for variation. Okay. Um, but, but seeing variation, as Carol mentioned, about uh, activities that help draw students' attention to the important points of, of, of the concept. Um, the, 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 you'll also see representations um, to support students develop their conceptual understanding, concrete pictorial um, representations that can be used. Um, you'll notice, uh, what else will you see, L? Well, you see L, that's an interesting one, L for language. And an L for language may be about the technical vocabulary, the language we want students to use, but also kind of the, the idea of how we want to talk about uh, certain concepts. So, 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 you know, the smaller the denominator, the larger the fraction. This, this idea that I get a real understanding of the concepts, that's an important one. You'll, you'll see a D for, for how do we deepen that. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Do, that's always the tension as a teacher. Do I crack on to new content? Or actually, maybe what Pete was talking about there was... Do you really understand this? Let's just see. How do I deepen this understanding? And that's quite a tension, I think. So there's some activities to support that and develop mathematical thinking further. Um, and, and, and then what I do really like about materials, there's then a the little PD icon you may see. And, and that's just a little prompt for me as a teacher just to reflect on the examples that are being given and maybe to provoke discussion in the department. Um, and then I guess what all teachers want are some ideas for the classroom. So, so the third <laughs> yeah. element, um, that there are some key ideas that have been exemplified um, and they have activities, and I know locally from the specialists and the teachers I've talked to recently, they're already using those in their classroom with students. But they're not designed just to, just to be a collection of isolated activities. They've been deliberately designed because then they'll stimulate a discussion in the department going, oh, I like that activity. How will I use that for something else in my, in my teaching? A key theme that we, we want to run through these things, we've said over and over again, we want them to be PD materials. We want them to be materials that teachers feel they can work on, not just kind of work through as a mm. pick up and use. So we have exemplified some stuff, like Steve said, um, but it's almost as an invitation to teachers to say, can you get in and maybe modify some of those, make those right for your students? No resource is pick up and use without thinking about it and we want people to kind of work on them and construct some for themselves mm. as well as critique the ones that yeah. we're offering them as examples and i guess that's good. i think that's the tension not the tension but the, you know pd materials we call them but the c in the cpd so so how do we work on these over time continually continual mm. professional right. development yeah. and also c for collaborative so, so it may just provoke a little chat in my department and say, you know, have, have you used this? How do you do this? 
So, so, so what I'm hearing is that this is not a quick fix that I can mm. pull off the shelf and think that I've got my lesson for tomorrow. Is that is that fair? It, we, 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 do want, we do hope, and as Steve said, he's already got some examples of teachers that, that he's worked with that, that do say this. That's a really nice example. That I, I could use that in my classroom tomorrow. Mm. But what I've got as a result of seeing that example in the materials is I've got a commentary about why that's good and what it's trying to do. So I've not just got that one activity, I've Mm. got ideas for how I could do similar activities like that because I'm being helped to understand how they've been constructed and what their purpose is. And if I can't find a specific thing for a lesson, I think what it's also is empowering me then when I look at another resource and make the more informed decision about, ah, I like that for this reason. Right. So, so, so even though there may not be a, you know, I can find everything I want, um, it's empowering me to then make better decisions about the resources I do use in, in my teaching. It's a, it's a funny tension, this thing mm. about resources, isn't it? Mm. I mean, we, 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 we want to have resources, but what we really want to be is resourceful. We want to say, oh, I know, I can look at anything. I can look at an old textbook that I haven't used for ages. And it's not, I don't want to use it exactly as it is. But I can see now how I can use that really, really well. Because every resource is a mixture of what you've got on paper or on screen or whatever, plus your pedagogy, plus how you do it with your kids. And you've always got to mix those two things together. And I think that's one, one of the game changes that's happened, actually. We've now put the spotlight on that. Um, what, what's the theme I want the students to understand? What's the journey I want them to go on from a learning, learner's perspective? And therefore, how do the resources I'm using support that journey rather than the resource dictating the journey I take this, the learners on? Right, OK. So I'm not sure that we've talked enough to the listeners about what this actually looks like when they mm. go on the website. So mm. do you want to talk to us a bit more, mm-hmm. Carol, about... So we can find these through the NCUTM website and in the Teaching for Mastery section. It should be very easy to find. Um, they'll certainly be linked from the podcast page. But, but when I get in there, what do I do? What do I find? And, and how are they structured? Okay, so we've taken the Key Stage 3 National Curriculum and we've broken it down into six themes that are connected with each other. So the, the six themes are Structure of the Number System, Operating on Number, multiplicative reasoning, sequences and graphs, statistics and probability, and geometry. And I think probably the first thing that maths teachers will spot there is the absence of algebra. Um, Because algebra, we we have taken a lead from the primary national curriculum, but also from other high-performing jurisdictions, where they see algebra as generalised number. So when we're we're looking at within the structure of the number system, we generalise that to use letters to represent numbers and when we're thinking about operating on number again algebra comes as a generalization of number so you're so, not seeing algebra as a separate topic absolutely so okay. this is this is about deep that deepening of understanding if i really understand how number is structured and what i can do with number then i understand what i can do with algebraic representations of it mm. so that's within the materials but it's not as a separate um separate theme okay so we've got six themes yep within each of those themes there's various subdivisions which I won't go into now, but you can see on the on the on the website. Um, but when you look at a document, you you end up with some key ideas, and it's these key ideas that have been broken down into some clear, manageable steps. 
and those within those, we have exemplification of the various things that we've been talking about. So it could be variation or mathematical thinking. So, and where there's something about mathematical thinking, it's explained why we've chosen this example, how it's structured, how it might be used in the classroom. And as, the, as Pete and Steve already said, they're not all exemplified. We've got about 20% of the, the key ideas which have been exemplified. And they're indicated in the, in the documents themselves through use of asterisks and bold type. And what about the ones that aren't exemplified? What, what, what's your okay. intention there? So the, the reason we haven't exemplified all of the steps is because we do want these to be used as professional development materials. So as I think Pete already said, when teachers look at one of the examples and they can understand how we, why we've chosen the example, how we've broken it down, the little bits within it, they can then transfer that to some of the other statements that we have there, so some of the other key ideas. They can look at those and think, OK, so for this bit, what would I do? Or as Steve suggested, here's a resource that I've already got, let's have a look at it. That's pretty much in line with what I've seen in this other example, but I could just add in these two other element, you know, two other bits of question, part G and H or whatever it happens to be, to make it a really good and thorough question. So it's, it's about understanding how they've been structured so that you can then transfer it to other things. We're talking about teachers now, not a great deal of time on their hands, um, and we're talking about professional development, which is obviously an important priority, but not always one that teachers get time to um, to prioritise. So, Pete, can you just talk us through the t- sort of scenarios that you might imagine that a school might create to give teachers this time to work on these? My experience is the best professional development is where teachers work together with people that they work with in their, in their same institution and they help each other plan lessons and to think about what the key ideas are together. That, that for me, is often the most powerful piece of professional development that anybody can have. Mm. <clears throat> and that's what we mean about these things being professional development materials. It helps you get together with colleagues. You may, as Steve said, do some of this on your own sometimes, but it's much more powerful when you do it together, planning lessons together. So we put in our um, in 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 the introduction and in some of the documentation that you'll see on the website. We put give some examples of different ways that we might do it. You might actually look through some of these key ideas that Carol's talked about, where there's quite detailed classroom activities, and on the on the in the left hand column and on the right hand column there's these little prompts. So where there's a little collection of exercises that have used variation theory, there's a little V prompt, and it says, do you notice how the second question has tweaked this little bit and whatever? What do you think the third question might look like? What questions are you going to ask pupils when you give them these examples and to get them to think about the big ideas? So there's, there's examples and, gui- and prompts and commentary on those things. Think about those examples. Think about where they might fit in your scheme of work. So think about think how you would. In, in a department meeting or in an, on an inset day? Or? Yeah, I was going to say. Cause you for, uh, no, I think, I think that's a really important point. I think lots of maths departments are now really making sure their meetings are focused on pedagogy and not the admin mm-hmm. that they need to. You know, that's one of the responsibilities of a subject leader, isn't it? Um, so what, what the but that's great saying that. But I know I've been in the position where saying, okay, I've got my team together. What am I going to share today to prompt a discussion about pedagogy in my department? So these materials provide some nice little prompts that I, I can um, use to, to get the conversation going. And could you, have you got, are they succinct enough that you could find something that would fit into an hour? Or do you need a whole day to work? 
deeply on them? I think both. That's the beauty of them. Okay. Um, uh, I'm just thinking that we, we've talked an awful lot about the themes and the key ideas, and that's kind of the content of the curriculum. But, you know, Pete mentioned variation earlier. And, you know, I, I know folk are hearing it from different sources and, you know, Twitter's a great place and things like that. But, you know, to actually then as a department to go, right, what, what, what's our understanding of this variation, this big idea? And so even if, if I go into just the introduction of these materials, there's some generic um, guidance and advice about that and some prompts. So I think we can talk about the pedagogy and also the content. So that would, is that an inset or a, a team meeting? Well, it depends how far I want to go with it, but yeah, I think yeah. that's why it can do both. Or, or is it even something that's up on the on the board in the maths department office for, to discuss discuss over lunchtime? So yeah. we, we're very aware that you know teachers are time poor. Mm. Um, so any opportunity, yeah. you know, that it, it, they, you know, we'd recommend they take it. Yeah. I mean, a very concrete example, if it's helpful, is um, just last week one of the specialists was talking about how they've used one of the always, sometimes, never uh, activities from the exemplified key ideas. A, to talk about how powerful that was with their students, but lo and behold, then the department were talking about mathematical thinking because then convince me, you know, if they say it's always or sometimes, you know, what's the next bit you say? So how, how are the students explaining, discussing, justifying? So we go into the mathematical thinking, big idea. Then especially the said, well, actually, I, I love them when it's some because then we're talking about what it is and what it's not, and there's a counter-example. So, so we're into variation there about noticing things. And then how did they convince you? Well, some drew a picture. Oh, hello, representations now. And all of a sudden, that one activity prompted a bigger chat about the, the big ideas and pedagogy. Right. It sounds like it, it would be very helpful if the department were all teaching the same topic at the same time. Is that, is that part of what you see departments doing to use these materials? It certainly helps when you've got a group of people who are all you know teaching next week or next term or whatever this kind of key idea and they can they can collaborate together to do those kind of things. Um, I mean I was going to mention this you know we, we, t we talked about it earlier didn't we trying to get this balance between Really practical classroom resources that you that you could use with students and, and, and sort of discussion, the sort of explanations that Steve's just gone through. But also, there's a big global thing about big connections. Mm -hmm. So a department might very well say, whether everybody's teaching the same thing or not, they might say, "I'm not sure we've quite nailed our teaching of fractions, decimals, percentages, ratio, proportion, multiplicative relationship." I'm not sure we've got a coherent theme there. So what these materials could be used for is look at things at a much more bird's eye view level and kind of think, have we got a coherent mm -hmm. curriculum through Key Stage 3 and that, that talks about that, that and now's idea? And now's a great time of the year for that, isn't it? Question level analysis goes on of, of last year's GCSE cohort and so on, and, and it's always that question... Great, but so what? We've, we've analysed the information, what we're going to do about it. Well, actually, you want that conversation to go towards, what, A, what's our curriculum looking like to make sure we, we can make the connections, but also how do we teach certain concepts? Okay, so let's um, drill down into mm. multiplicative reasoning. Let's say you've identified that your department's... Uh, that one of the things that could be worked on is multiplicative reasoning because you've done your question level analysis and you see that your students are not answering those questions as strongly as others. So you'd go to the uh, 
multiplicative reasoning theme document, which is, so multiplicative reasoning is the third theme, and then um, you'd look in those documents. And do you want to talk a little bit in more detail, Pete, about exactly how those, um, about the maths in there, so that we can really understand what this is offering that we might not have seen before? Okay. Um, So there are two core concepts identified within this theme three, multiplicative reasoning. And the first of those is understanding multiplicative relationships. So let's just take a step back a little bit now. I don't know whether people listening here are aware of this. It's always struck me how the danger is, and what we talked about before, is that students compartmentalise different bits of the curriculum and see them as separate things that they have to learn. Multiplicative relationships is is a classic for kids not seeing that the things I have to do with fractions and the things I have to do with percentages and decimals and whatever, they're all different. They're all different topics and I have to learn different procedures for each one. Multiplicative relationships knit all those things together. So what that first core concept in, in, in the multiplicative reasoning theme does is, is break down what do we actually mean by that. Let's read you some of the things. You'll find it when you find the core concept document, understanding multiplicative relationships. The concept of a multiplicative relationship, that two numbers can be linked by a multiplication. Kids often find that idea quite hard. Mm. It's it, 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 it very well documented in, in the research that often kids, okay, if you've got a number three and you've got a number six, they might know that the connection is multiplied by two, but you've got a number three and you've got the number five, well, no, you can't, you can't connect those with a multiplication, that's add two. Mm. The notion that any two numbers are linked by a, a, a multiplier, and of course that multiplier is linked to the two numbers, so it's three-fifths or it's five-thirds. All of a sudden that opens up a lot of things, so we've split up that core concept into a number of different, um, what we call statements of knowledge, skills and understanding. Understand the concept of multiplicative relationships, understand uh, that uh, uh, they can be represented in a number of different ways, and there are lots of different representations, Number lines, double number lines, etc. Ratio tables, moving between that. Understand that fractions are an example of a multiplicative relationship. Understand that ratios are. Understand that percentages are. Links with proportionality. So all of a sudden, all of these things, which might look like separate questions on the GCSE, separate topics that you have to learn in Key Stage 3 and Key Stage 4, all become one single idea. Um, uh, 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 and, and so that, that helps. We, we know that kids who master mathematics and really understand it, they don't have to remember lots of different things. They have some, a few big ideas, one of which is multiplicative reasoning, uh, and they kind of link things together in their mind for that. So we think particularly that that theme might be very helpful for people to interrogate quite how coherent their key stage three scheme of work is in terms of all of those ideas. Okay. And the second core concept is trigonometry, isn't it? So how does that link yeah. to the first core concept within this theme? Yeah, some people might think, what on earth has <laughs> trigonometry got to do with all this? But when you think about thinking about a, 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 a enlargements of a triangle and the fact that uh, there, are, there are multiplicative relationships between different sides of a right-angled triangle... And if you can just scale up and scale down that triangle, those same multiplicative relationships um, exist. We talk about trigonometrical ratios 
Do kids know that they're ratios? Do kids know that the sign of an angle is a connection I between that, this side and this side I think in a that triangle? Often puzzles students actually. They're yeah. called trig ratios, but they don't have that colon in the middle. So how can they be mm. ratios? Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think making those connections. And now we've got to the nub of it, haven't we? Because if it's just about soccer toa. <laughs> I'm not making any connection. I don't understand what you're talking about there, ratios, and I've, I've just got a trick there that hopefully will help me answer this one question. Do I understand this concept? Absolutely not. Right. So I think that's why it's an interesting, maybe a surprise for some users mm. to, to see trigonometry in this section, mm. but it's, that's what I think these materials offer there. Then this is the kind of conversation that it provokes in the department, isn't it? Mm. Do we champion that kind of converse, some conversation with our students? Mm. Maybe not. Right. It might be worth saying here as well that one of the um, elements that we have in all of the uh, core concept overview documents is a notion of prior learning. What what does this idea in Key Stage 3 build on? What do they already know that I can use to get them into this kind of new idea? And where is it going? Where does this feed through into Key Stage 4? So kids are not saying things coming in from left field, from nowhere. You've just got to learn this kind of thing. We've talked about that idea with mm. algebra. Mm. Algebra should not be a new thing. These are things you know. And I was reminded when you were talking, Steve, about um, uh, you know things we've... I think Carol said it, what we've learned from, um, from Key Stage 2. I'm just reading it here in the guidance statements in the Year 6 programme of study. It says... Pupils should be introduced to the use of symbols and letters to represent variables and unknowns in mathematical situations that they already understand. Find those things that kids already understand and build on it. And that makes a coherent curriculum. So we hope these materials yeah. really help people to plan this coherent curriculum. I, think I found these really useful to think about what, what's been the upper key stage to landscape. Um, but I think something really helpful that you'll notice as well in the materials, some, some, some um, forget the kind of questions students were asked to answer at the end of Key Stage 2 in terms of the assessment, national assessment. I think they're, they're quite an interesting collection of questions, actually. So, again, as a department, you may find them just a useful... And uh, they're in the documents. And they're, they're in the exemplified key ideas. Um, you know, and and that, that gives me an interesting... About what we meant by this secure and deep understanding, maybe. Because some of those questions, it's not just about, I know this trick and therefore I can get the answer. I've got to have an understanding so I can apply it to this new situation. Yeah. So they're very powerful, I find. Mm. And whilst, whilst you're talking about the other things that w mm. within the mm. core concept documents, the other thing we've not really said is that within each of them it sets out what's in this core concept. Mm. And then it talks about we talk about common misconceptions. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a really powerful thing because um, particularly if somebody's, as Steve said earlier, mm. new to the profession or a non-specialist mm. teacher, you don't always know the sorts of misconceptions mm. that students are going to yeah. have. Yeah. And so it, we outline those and also suggest ways that you might teach um, prior to this topic to avoid those misconceptions occurring in the first place. Yeah. Right, okay, thank you. Mm. So you've talked a little bit about the representations that you use and I think some of those involve quiz and errors and double number lines and things that teachers mm. might not have met or secondary teachers might not be very used to mm. using in the classroom or know how to use. Mm. So do you offer any help with that? 
Yeah. So there's a, a series of PDF documents which take each rep representation that we use in a number of the different core concept documents and it, it outlines different ways you might use, use them. So those are PDFs. Alongside those there are a few um, short videos which exemplify how to use things such as, as I said, Cuisinair rods and algebra tiles, the things that will actually brought more to life, I suppose, by using a, a sort of visual representation. And we're in the process of publishing those at the moment, aren't we? The first yes, one yeah. is yeah. is published, but they're coming. Yeah. So, and, and again, sorry, going, going back to your, is it a team meeting, is it an inset? Well, there's another example of, I think, the representation possibly with, with a great inset, a, a longer time where we work on this together, looking at the videos, looking at the, the, the guidance documents, and then having a go ourselves on some of the activities as a team yeah. would be very, very powerful. Okay. Um, and can be quite a threat, can't it, for some teachers? I don't mean that in a, a negative way, as in um, you know, using these with students in Key Stage 3, Key Stage 4, mm. um, you know, so make sure the students are happy with, with using the... And, and them appreciating, why are we using algebra tile? Why am I using this Cuisinaire today? Because it helps me see the structure. It helps me understand this concept. And I'm just reminded there, Steve, that the sort of the rationale for some of these things mm. was that we trialled we, we trialled some of these resources with the mastery specialists. So we, we took some some draft mm. versions with mm. to them, and we talked to them about what what do you need, what do you feel you need, and they they came back to us quite strongly that representations they felt were being used very well in Key Stage 2, but they didn't feel as confident within Key Stage 3 and beyond to use those same sorts of representations, and so this is why these things have come about. And I guess there are resourcing implications for departments with that, because not all departments have got these mm. equipment, have they? Mm. Although I know that in my last department, if you went deep into the cupboard mm. with your duster, you could find them under the layers of dust. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll cheekily say at that point, Gwen, get involved with your local maths hub because there's some funding available also to support you with developing teaching for mastery, right. working with a specialist. That might not be how you use the money, but if, if it's about budgets and money, um, the hubs are very keen to support mm. both from a professional development point of view, but also um, how, how, how do we make these things happen in, mm. in your school. Okay. So, and whilst Steve runs the maths hub in Gloucestershire yeah. and, and Worcestershire, Worcestershire absolutely. Um, there are maths hubs all over the country and there will be one near every listener's school. Mm. Um, okay, can I just ask one more question, because we've talked a lot about how, um, how departments can use these, how teachers can use them collaboratively, and I'm just thinking about if I was the only specialist teacher in a school, and I know there are schools that have very few specialist teachers and it's a real struggle to get specialist teachers, or perhaps I'm an NQT in a department that is not that interested in professional development, can I use these materials on my own? What, what would you advise there? I, I think you certainly can use them on your own um, and because we're offering classroom resources but also some commentary about why those classroom resources are powerful and how and an invitation to how you might devise similar activities or resources yourself that would be equally powerful then you know it can do that job what we what we want to guard against, and I, don't, I, don't, I think we've written them in such a way that it's actually difficult to use it in this way, is you can't just pick it up and I don't need to think about this thing, I can just put this in front of my students. You do need to be thinking about it, but it doesn't, it doesn't say just adhere to these principles, just think about this idea. It gives you some concrete examples of that thing, but it gives you a commentary about why those examples are helpful. So I hope it will resource people, 
but it will help people to be resourceful themselves as well. And that's a more long-term mm. goal. And I'll go back to one of my original answers where we talked about the structure of them, how they've been designed. They, they can help me think about my, my teaching, give, give me some ideas and, and empower me. But I'm going to keep going back to the curriculum mapping as well. Mm because I think it helps me and if I'm on my own as well to make sure that scheme of work I've downloaded or from the exam board that it just empowers me that uh, to be absolutely clear this is the mathematics I want my students to learn at this point of the journey uh, let's not do too much too soon um, because one of the pressures is then you know I haven't got time to get through all this stuff well actually if you're thinking a five year journey an 11 year journey this that that liberates me in a way that I can linger longer on the maths at this point of the journey. Right. But what? How do I make that decision? Well, let's look at the overview, the curriculum mapping, and then I, then I know what's the mathematics I need to focus on. Can I just ask a little bit about research? Is are these materials backed up by the maths education research? These materials don't exist in a vacuum. Obviously, there's been lots of very good math teaching before. We've had lots of. You know, there's lots of research out there about effective math teaching. And so you will find within some of the documents that in the introduction there, is a ref- there are references to um, various bits of research, which may be very current or it may be sort of slightly older but still very valid. Um, but we've tried to strike a balance b- between being very sort of teacher and classroom friendly without over, yeah, overemphasising the research. But, but there are, you will find some references within them. Uh, and I, I go to the NCTM website, the Mastery Explained section has got links to supporting research evidence and argument. Right. And I think with the specialists on the residentials, we yeah. do go further with that, so we're empowering folk to have that conversation locally. But I encourage all practitioners, if they want to, to look at that research a little bit more about the, the underpicking, underlying the big ideas, mm-hmm. then there's that section, the Mastery Explained, on, on the NCTM website. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so I think what we what we haven't said is the sort of um, how these materials look on the website, and uh, we need to say that they are in PDF format. They are downloadable um, either in in chunks or individual documents, and um, they're hopefully very user friendly. But we'd love to know um, how teachers are using them, and we'd love to know how you're finding them. We've got a hashtag on Twitter, which is hashtag Mastery Materials. Um, you can find out how other people are using them and um, and let us know how you're using them. I think that just one other thing there is that although we have the documents, there's also a downloadable blank doc, blank template ah, so yes. that um, mm. if, once you've seen how we've created them, you can then go away and exemplify things for yourselves and the, the, the templates are there. Okay, and, and the intention there being that departments will use materials that they already have and mm. love yep. to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anything else anyone wants to add? No, just dive in and have a go, have a look at them. I'd encourage everybody. Um, And and it's not just some folk in isolation put these together. I think going back to that earlier Mm -hmm. point, through the specialists, school-based practitioners have informed the development of these materials and and therefore the confidence that this is what the profession, it's helpful for the profession. And on the authoring team we have classroom practitioners too through the maths leads yeah okay any resources are, are, there's always a mix of like we said before of what you've got on paper what you'll see and how you use them so we're really really interested to hear how you use them that that, that we, would, we would very value, very much value that feedback from you okay right thank you all three of you very much for, for coming in it's been it's been really interesting talking to you and I hope this will encourage teachers to 
log onto the website and have a go with these materials and see what they think of them. <laughs>